hope you guys can see me. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to say hello to all of you from Indiana University. I am here this weekend. Uh, my wife and I met on this campus uh, years ago, th exactly 30 years ago this week. Uh, my lovely wife and I met, and uh, that's where we became friends. And so we are celebrating our 30 year friend anniversary, <laughs> if you want to call it that. And uh, and I met her not too far from here. We're actually going to go to the very spot that we met each other uh, for the first time. And uh, this is a big weekend for me. I'm super excited because I can truly say I married the woman of my dreams and I'm uh, and I'm very happy to, to be married to a, an awesome, smart black woman. And so anyway, um, I hope everybody's doing well. Let me know if you can hear me. OK, give me a yes in the chat. If I'm coming through, all right. What's up on Instagram? What's up on TikTok? I'm live on more than one platform. And also, I want to check the audio because the uh, the Wi-Fi situation gets a little sketchy when I'm on the road. Uh, I'm on. I'm actually traveling the whole week. I'm going to go to Los Angeles next. Uh, so if you want to uh, meet up with me in L.A., <clears throat> we're doing a two-day Black Wealth training camp in Los Angeles. Uh, we're literally going to talk about monetizing and building a platform, platform building. Uh, you know, if you have a voice and you have something to say, you have something to share, something that you've learned, something that you want to teach other people. Uh, believe me, there are people that do really well with online classes, and it's a great way to connect with a lot of people. In case you don't know my background, I started as a finance professor. That's what I am. I always will be. I got my PhD in finance uh, years ago. I met my wife when I was working on my doctorate, and uh, and I got tired of of uh, working for other people. I, I didn't like Syracuse University that much. I was on the faculty there and I felt that uh, there was a little bit of racism uh, there. I didn't, you know, they, they didn't really know how to handle me uh, because I told them I was uh, committed to black people. And unfortunately that doesn't always win you a lot of friends in academia, which has kind of a racism issue. So uh, I decided to start teaching online years ago. Um, I started doing more content online, maybe about 07 or 08, because I wanted to see if we could help change the culture of black wealth in our community. Uh, I wanted to see if we could really value money in teaching economics. And so I found that there are a lot of people who do believe uh, in what we're doing. And uh, there are lots of people who have, um, you know, jumped into this movement. And I want to say uh, congratulations to all of you uh, who are who are doing these things. Now, not everything in the movement is going to be perfect, though. Not every business is going to succeed. In fact, remember this. Eighty six percent of black owned businesses fail. Eighty six percent. So I want you to keep that in mind as you think about how to deal with the challenges that lie ahead. Uh, not everybody's ready for that. You know, there are a lot of black people who don't like black people. There are a lot of <clears throat> white business, white people that boycott black businesses. There are a lot of black people who boycott black businesses. So uh, we have to fight against all that. We got enemies on all fronts. So only the strong will survive. I'm looking for the strong. Uh, if you agree, if you understand where I'm coming from, type the word strong in the chat. Everybody put the word strong in the chat to let me know that you get it. All right. So uh, hello. Grateful for all. Justin Pender, Marquita Williams, uh, Clarence Wilson. I'll shout out your city if you put your city in here. Justin Pender out of New York City. I see you, brother. All right. So we're, um, uh, yeah. So like I said, I'll be in Los Angeles this weekend. If you want to learn more, just go to my website, boycewatkins.com. Also, this podcast is on Spotify. It's called The Dr. Boyce Breakdown. We just uh, proudly, we, we passed 1.1 million downloads. And uh, that's really hard to do when you don't have any corporate backing or you know, nobody's giving you money to do it. We're getting it done. We're making it happen. We are making black economic intelligence the most popular thing in the world. And and uh, I'm, I'm proud to say I was one of the first ones out here doing that. And I'm very happy when I see uh, it, it really changing the culture. All right. So anyway, do me a favor. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Today, I want to talk about living debt free. Um, and uh, first thing I want to say about being debt free. First, I want to ask you, give me a yes or no. If you think that being debt free is a good thing or a bad thing for you. Give me a yes. <coughs> if you could go through life with no debt at all, 
would you would, would give me a yes if you think that will be cool give me a no if you're not sure or you don't think that would be good for you give me a yes if you think debt free uh being debt free is a good thing or what do you think yes or no yes or no all right nando i see nando willie davis okay i see a lot of yeses coming through the chat all right so let me go ahead and uh, kind of give you a perspective on debt free i'm going to give you steps specific steps if you want to be debt free i'm going to literally break down based on research you guys know i've been teaching finance to college students uh years ago uh my first finance class actually was taught right here on this campus indiana university i was teaching it uh for the first time when i met my wife here 30 years ago this week and uh and so one thing i can tell you is that there is specific behavior that people uh tend to um tend to uh embrace when they want to be debt free uh it's simple science it's not hard to know the secrets it's not some uh magical secret that people don't know uh if you talk to any financial scientist any researcher uh they can tell you exactly what to do uh and that's what we we i knew this when i was 22 years old now the thing about being debt free is it's a lot like being in shape you know a lot of you if i if if you if you wanted to lose weight almost everybody in here give me a yes if if i said okay you have to lose you know 20 pounds would you know how to do that would you know how to lose 20 pounds what would you do if you wanted to lose 20 pounds it's real simple right you just have to stop eating, eating a bunch of crap. Like I, I eat crap. Like I'm drinking a mocha latte. I know that's going to make you fat. I read articles about how many calories are in the thing, but guess what? Watch, I'm going to take a sip. Watch this. So clearly I don't want it bad enough. I don't want to lose weight bad enough, but I, I want to lose weight, but I just drank something that's completely the opposite of what I know I need to do. Right. But the thing about it is I know, I know what to do. You follow what I'm saying? We all know what to do. For the most part, we kind of know what to do. The hard part is 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 doing it right. This is where uh, financial psychology comes into play. This is where your training and your culture come into play. Uh, this is why, for example, in, in the Black Business School, we have 156,000 students worldwide, uh, and most of them are in there for low cost or free. So don't think you have to pay money to learn from us, okay? So don't think this is a this is something where money's a barrier. We we invite the whole community in. So just go to my website, voicewalkins.com. You can learn more. But in the Black Business School. I got with my wife, who's a therapist, and we created the first ever, first in history, black financial therapy department. Why? Because we noticed that most of the things you need to know to get yourself in good financial shape, we already know. The information is available. You have a whole university in your cell phone, in your pocket. You've got a whole university in your pocket. So if all of us kind of know what to do, because I know a lot of people want to say, well, black people don't know. They deny us access to information. They don't tell us. No, they, it's all in your phone. It's in your phone. It's in your phone. Um, the problem is that you have culture that is in co the complete opposite direction. The problem is that they market to you a heavy consumer culture. They market to you a heavy debt culture. Uh, for example, let me give you a quick example so, so we can talk about it. I like to talk about the big picture of it. Uh, how many of you have student loan debt? How many of you have gotten your butt kicked by student loans? Right? Give me a yes if you've been gotten your butt kicked by student loans. Well, where do student loans come from? Where did they come from? Did they come from the, the fairy, your fairy godmother? Did they come from Jesus? Did the student loans come from your, 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 your dad? Like, where did the student loans come from? They came from the university that you attended, right? You went to college, a lot of you. Maybe you went to college for a couple years. Most people go to college for two years, and then they drop out, unfortunately. Most black college graduates, half of them default on their student loans, okay? Not making fun of you. This is just a fact, right? Well, why did you go to college? What made you decide to pick up the application and go to that white man's university? Uh, because, you know, they're white universities, right? We, we don't tend to support schools that are run and owned by black people. Uh, we tend to. So it's just it's a fact. I'm not making fun of it. I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying that's what it is. Right. Well, it's culture. You were raised to believe 
that in order for you to get ahead, in order for you to be successful, that a college degree was a requirement for you to be successful. Give me a yes if you were raised that way. Give me a yes if you grew up in the same environment I did where they told you college, 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 college. That's what you got to do, right? Which came with debt, 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 debt. Next thing you know, you're buried under debt. So this is culture. They, they specifically designed culture to make you believe that you have to have a college degree. In economics, they call that in, um, uh, uh, an inelastic commodity. An inelastic commodity is something that you must have. It's like, like for example, crack is the ultimate inelastic commodity, right? Crack, a crackhead has to have his crack. You can raise the price of crack. It's not going to reduce the demand. He's still going to show up. If you raise the price by 20%, he'll just pay 20% more if he can't get it from anybody else, right? So to some extent, uh, you had, were trained early in culture to want certain things and to need certain things and to feel like you can't live without certain things, okay? So this is part of what drives you toward debt is culture, not so much common sense because then when a guy like me comes along when you're 30 years old and says, you know, everybody doesn't have to go to college or there are ways to learn what you need to know that don't involve college. People say, oh, you're telling people not to go to college. That's bad. Blah, blah, right. You get attacked. I get attacked for a lot of my ideas, but I keep going because I'm confident in my ideas. When you have a Ph.D. in finance and you talk and you say my ideas are wrong, then I'll hear you better. But if you're just a person that's just talking, I understand you're this is what you call cognitive dissonance. This is simply the fact that you're upset that I'm saying something that is different from what you've been hearing your entire life. That's what it is. That's what it is. Not to say that I'm better than you. I'm not better than you, but I might be more better trained in the sense that this is what I do. This is what I've been doing for 30 years. Okay. So with that said, let me kind of explain something to you. Hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done it yet. And by the way, you're watching drboystv.com. We're the home for intelligent black people. Uh, if you want to uh, get some free stuff from our black business school, just go to boycewalkins.com. Uh, the link is right there in the chat. So uh, feel free to go to boycewalkins.com. You can also get copies of my books, things like that. You can get our $5 a day investing plan. You can also get access to, uh, in addition to the $5 a day plan, you can get access to a training I did called How to Make Money Without Working. So feel free to take a look at all that. All right. So, um, here is uh, here's the first thing I want to tell you about being debt free. Uh, when I asked you earlier, is, would you think it's good or bad to be debt free? Some of you, a lot of you said yes. Some of you said no. Well, I'm gonna tell you, you're both correct. You're both correct. And the reason you're both correct is because uh, I can tell you right now, I am not debt free, and uh, it's, I'm not debt free because not because I can't be debt free. I could be debt free. I could pay off all my debt, but I'm not debt free. Well, the reason I'm not debt free is because debt is a tool for those who are able to use debt to make more money, right? There is good debt and there's bad debt, right? Bad debt is things like credit card debt, you know, lots of credit card debt where you're not making any money off the debt, then that's a problem. But good debt, you know, could be things like mortgages. Even student loans can sometimes be good debt. I know someone who borrowed $80,000 to become a dentist and then he paid off the 80,000. Now he makes a quarter million dollars a year. That's good debt. So don't ever think that debt is a bad thing. I know Dave Ramsey always says that, that debt-free, 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 debt-free is the way to go, but that's wrong. That is absolutely wrong. The reason Dave Ramsey says debt-free is the way to go is because he's talking to a lot of people that don't use their debt to make money. A lot of people say that you have to be debt-free because they don't um, understand all the ways that debt is used to generate income. Do you understand that most millionaires, most billionaires, most of the uh, Elon Musk's, Musk's and, and other people out there, um, most of those people are, uh, are, are, are saddled with tons of debt. Elon Musk, if you look up and you say, how much debt does, does Tesla have? Um, let's see here. How much debt? And I'm not even counting SpaceX and all that other stuff. Um, let's see. Tesla has $2.3 billion in debt. Did y'all hear that? 
$2.3 billion of debt. Uh, let's see, what's his other company, SpaceX? Let me see. I don't know if SpaceX's information is public or not. Uh, they have over a billion dollars in cash with no debt. Okay, that's interesting. Um, what's the other one? What's his other company? Twitter. Let's see. Twitter had uh, $13 billion worth of debt. $13 billion, Okay. And and this doesn't count all his other all his other deals. So don't ever think that debt is always a bad thing or debt is always a good thing. Debt is just a thing. It's a powerful thing. Debt is like an economic slingshot. It can sling you forward or it can sling you backward. If you point in the wrong direction, it will sling you backward. If you point in the right direction, it can sling you forward. Uh, you imagine one simple way that debt can be used to make money is you have a business owner who's able to borrow $100,000 to get their business off the ground. And then they start making you know $50,000 a year on that business. Then that is good debt. That's a good move, right? Your college debt could have been good if you did borrow, let's say you borrow 40000 or 80000 even, and you become a medical doctor. Well, now you're making two or $300,000 a year. That's good debt. Mortgage debt, most of the time, is good debt because as long as you don't put, put yourself in a situation where you can't pay the mortgage, typically uh, having a mortgage means you're a homeowner. Well, studies show that the difference between Poor and middle class tends to be home ownership. Home ownership is the one variable that tends to separate the poor from the middle class. Okay, so so just be clear. I am not debt free, but I can tell you what you need to do to be debt free. So I'm going to break that down for you right now. Uh, if you could do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, uh, share, subscribe. And just a reminder, I'll be in Los Angeles on the 8th and the 9th doing a Black Wealth training camp. Feel free to go and uh, take a look at that. And uh, some of you were asking about my wife earlier. Yeah, her website is coachingwithdralicia.com. Uh, she's a therapist. She sees groups. She sees individuals. She's actually with a group right now. So if you're looking for a good black therapist, she's good. Also, don't forget the All Black National Convention is happening October 20th through the 22nd in Atlanta. That is the greatest gathering on the planet for intelligent black people. So uh, if you care about the black community and if you also uh, understand wealth and care about family and love and relationships and you like peace, come to the All Black National Convention. The All Black National Convention, the URL is allblacknationalconvention.com. That's allblacknationalconvention.com. All right. So here are three things that debt-free people tend to do. Uh, and so those of you who um, maybe are, if you see someone with a short attention span, you can tell them that we're going to get started on the list at the 1424 mark. But you know me, I want to make sure you understand the whole story, not just the basics. All right. So <clears throat> the first thing that debt people tend to do is they tend to have what I refer to in my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, as financial consciousness. Financial consciousness. Debt-free people tend to be very conscious about their money. They tend to keep budgets. They tend to watch every penny. They tend to make sure that they monitor their spending, right? So let me get, uh, give me an example. Uh, give me a yes if, you, if this has ever happened to you. Have you ever had a time where you went and you did something and you weren't looking at the clock? What happens when you don't look at the clock and you're just kind of doing something and maybe you're, you know, hanging out with your girlfriend or playing basketball with your boys or playing video games or watching a movie? What happens when you don't watch the clock? And you, you just sort of lose lose consciousness of time. Well, you lose track, right? You lose track of time. And then you look up and you say, oh, my God, look at the time, right? Especially if you're having fun, right? You just kind of forget. Well, actually, um, uh, financial therapists can tell you that that's because when you spend money or have money or whatever, they, it releases like dopamine in your brain. Believe it or not, drug addicts go through the same thing. Drug addicts go through the same thing because money affects the same region of your brain as cocaine. How many of y'all knew that? That money affects the same region of your brain as cocaine. Professor Andrew Lowe at MIT pointed that out. And so what happens is that I, I remember hearing a, a drug addict say that he went to 
uh, that he went to uh, a, a crack house and he was smoking the whole week. He went, he said, I'm going to go in here real quick and I'm going to smoke real quick. Right. And he went in, which, by the way, crack is whack, as Whitney Houston told you. Um, so don't 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 say no to drugs. However, he went into this crack house thinking he's going to be in there for like an hour. Right. I kid you not. This is a real true story. He was there for three days. He was literally there for three days. And I was and that scared me. That made me think, whoa, I don't know what the hell is in that drug. But whatever it is, it's crazy that this smart man went into this to, to use and he forgot for three days. He forgot to eat. He forgot to sleep. He forgot he had a family. He came home. His whole family was gone. All his money was gone. His wife had kind of packed her bags and left. And uh, that's why, for example, if you have a drug issue, you should get help because that will drain you financially. That's why I hate the fact that music promotes drug use. I hate it. It makes me so sad when you have a, I know several people that have 20 year old sons and daughters that are going to rehab at the age of 20. Do you understand how much opportunity they're going to lose? Do you understand that that's when you're starting your life? That's when you're supposed to be on top of it. That's when you're hungry. That's when you're at your best. And to start the game like that, that's like starting the hundred meter dash and somebody chopping off both of your legs. You, you can't, it's hard to win the race at that point, you know, and my heart goes out to that. And I hate it because that's culture. That's culture. In my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, I spend a whole lot of time talking about culture and how the culture impacts your economic thinking and why that leads to so many bad outcomes. I really need you to understand that connection. So anyway, uh, so people that tend to have, be debt free, they tend to have a tremendous amount of financial consciousness. Hey, LaShawn out of DMV, I see you and Kimberly Logan. All right. And, and so ultimately, if you want to be debt free or you want to be financially sharp, have that consciousness. Pay attention to where your money's going. If you don't know where your money's going, you won't know where your money went. OK, I understood this. I remember when I used to work um, like fast food jobs when I was 17, I would get my paycheck. I don't know if anybody else ever went through this, but I had a crappy little job. I was making a minimum wage and I would get my check. And every time I got my check, I would feel like the richest man in the world. Anybody ever go through that where you feel like you literally cannot run out of money because you got a pocket full of 20s? And then what happens? You spend five dollars here, ten dollars there. And every time it was like a magic trick. Every time I would end up going broke again. And I was like, how did this happen? I had so much money. Where did all the money go? Right. So ultimately, uh, keeping a budget, gaining financial consciousness is an important thing that people do when they want to be debt free. So just uh, gain that consciousness and you can get to where you want to get to. All right. So uh, anyway, do me a favor. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. If you have not done that yet, uh, you're watching uh, DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, also, uh, if you are interested in one of the uh, training camps we have in the Black Business School, uh, feel free to go to blackmoney101.com. You can actually get a discount there. Uh, a lot of people like it. So feel free to go to blackmoney101.com. It's a training I put together on an introduction to the power of money. Uh, in addition to that, uh, not only are we on Spotify, uh, you look up my name on Spotify, you can find me there, but also I have a private telegram group uh, on for black investors. So if you go to drboystelegram.com, you can actually find the telegram group. So go to drboystelegram.com. Com and you can take a look. All right. So what's the second thing that people do when they want to go debt free or when they want to be debt free? Uh, number two, they avoid what is called lifestyle inflation. Lifestyle inflation is where you automatically end up spending more and more money because you're making more money. Right. Uh, if you're if you're making more money and then that leads you to spend more money, then what's going to happen is you're never really going to get ahead because having more money means you're going to spend more money. My grandmother, my beloved grandmother, Felicia, who taught me about wealth for the first time. She taught me about money for the first time. She was a uh, single mother who raised five kids by herself, who did um, who never made more than twenty two thousand dollars a year. And one thing my grandmother told me before she passed was she said money makes you more of what you already are. 
Money does not change you. Money, a lot of people think, oh, if I just get money, I'm going to do this different, do that different. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not going to do anything different. You're going to just become more of what you were before you had money. So if you were a generous person before you had money, you're going to become super generous. If you were uh, a mean person, if you were an arrogant jerk when you were broke, then you're going to be a super jerk when you get paid. Right. So effectively having that extra money uh, can lead you to do more of what you were doing before. So what they call it, they call lifestyle inflation is where you get more money on your job and that leads you to spend more money. So now your, your income used to be here and your bills were here. Now your income's here and your bills are there. Right. And this also comes from culture. I talk about this book, a, a lot of my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. I'll put the website up there if you want to go take a look at the book. I'll, I'll even send you an autograph copy. Just go to drboysbooks.com and type autograph and you can search for the autograph copies. I'll, I'll ship one to you. Or my kids will. My kids ship all my books out. Um, and basically, lifestyle inflation to me, uh, when you talk about culture, uh, can be connected to things like keeping up with the Joneses. Right. And I'm going to just tell you like this. Keeping up with the Joneses is a great way to go broke. Um, there is no reason on earth you should spend money you don't have impressing people who don't even like you anyway. It doesn't even make any sense. Who gives a damn what they think? Those people do not matter. My wife and I, we live a modest lifestyle for the amount of money that we make. When our black neighbors find out that we live in their neighborhood, they're so they're freaked out. One guy was like, I thought you lived in a big mansion on a hill somewhere. I was like, well, why would you think that? No, that's not. He's like, I figured you live somewhere, but I didn't think you'd live in my neighborhood. And I'm like, well, why not? You know, this I like this house. This is I got my man cave downstairs. Nice and late. I got it tricked out. Got the big 70 inch big screen TV. My office is right there. My wife is right next to me where I can go over and give her a little kiss and and uh, and then get back to work. Right. It's part. It's wonderful. The kids like it. Like, why do we need to live in a mansion? Why I got to go live like Tyler Perry just because I made a little bit of money. I'm not trying to do all that. I'm impress nobody. I, if I drive a car, I drive the car for comfort. I don't drive the car because I want people to say, let me see. I want y'all see me shining in this car. It drives me crazy to see people, especially young guys. I feel bad for them a little bit because you see the young guys that will be doing something online and they feel like they have to impress people by getting standing in front of a Lamborghini or wearing a $3,000 suit. Why? 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 You should be, uh, un you should understand you are precious just the way you are. You are worthy without a nickel in your pocket. You are somebody because you're a good person, because you're an intelligent person, because you're a hardworking person, because you have substance, because you have value, inherent, meaningful value. Why do you need material possessions to feel like you have made it or you are somebody? Oh, I get it. It's culture. It's hip hop culture. Rappers rolling up in Lamborghinis and, and spending money and pouring bottles. I heard in the club they're pouring bottles out just to show that they're ballers. And, and I just feel so bad for these people that feel like this is the way to show off. I feel I feel bad for them. I, I don't understand that reality. I I didn't impress my wife by pouring bottles out at the club. My wife would have slapped me and called me a dumbass. My wife would have been like, why would I be with a man who uh, who is going to get money just so he can throw it away? My, that, but that's they say that's why you got to pick a smart black woman. Some of y'all picking picking you know these two dollar chicks. You need to go get you a high value woman. A smart woman is gonna be like, put that liquor back in the bottle and get a refund on the bottle, and let's use that money and put it down into the investment portfolio. Right? Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. You want somebody like that? I don't even understand the idea that you would even think that a person who's throwing money away is going to be able to consistently give you financial security, right? Because you're taking the very thing that's most, that's valuable economically in your life and you're throwing it in the garbage. Why would you pick somebody like that? And why would you behave that way? Oh, I know. 
it's because of the culture. Because you saw a rapper do it, so everybody wants to imitate the rapper. See, that's how they got into your head. They said, oh, let's control the rappers. Because, you know, the rappers don't really decide what they're going to rap about. It's the, the, the little short the little short guy, you know, the, the, the little short guy that went to Harvard. He's telling them what to rap. Oh, rap about drugs. Rap about hoes. Rap about how many black people you killed. Right? They like that stuff. Right? They, they love that. Right? So, so the culture leads people to do things that are culturally going to degrade your economic standing. Right. That's why, again, my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, DrBoysBooks.com. Feel free to go take a look. It's a best selling book. A lot of you like it. I guarantee you're going to love it. We talk about culture and how you have to be strong enough to go against the culture is hard. It's hard. So that's why things like avoiding lifestyle inflation, which links to uh, keeping up with the Joneses. And the reason you want to keep up with the Joneses is because you're trying to keep up with the culture. So I'm the guy standing outside of the culture. I ain't never tried to be cool. Baby, am I cool? Am I cool enough to be your husband? You think I'm cool? What do you think? You think I'm cool? Am I cool? If I'm cool enough for my wife, I ain't, I ain't got to be cool enough. I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to impress the hoes. I'm not. I'm not trying to be cool for anybody. I want to make sure that my family's cool, right? So, uh, so grow. Let's grow out of that. You got to fight against that nonsense because if you look at where a lot of people that think that way end up, they don't end up in a good situation financially. It's very, very unfortunate, but you can't change everything. All right, so I'm gonna get to point number three. If you could do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Reminder: I'll be in Los Angeles this weekend, uh, September 8th and 9th, for a two-day Black Wealth Training Camp. We're gonna focus specifically on platform building and monetization. How to build a platform around your ideas, how to distribute that platform, and how to monetize that platform. This is really important. I want to do this in LA because they're going through the writer strike and they need to, you know, they have a lot of people with great talent and great ideas and great experiences and expertise and things like that. And uh, I built a platform to do what I do. And so I'd love to share that with you. Um, this first time I've ever done it, probably the last time. So feel free to join us. Just go to boycewatkins.com to find out more. Also, uh, uh, don't forget that if you want to take a look at our financial flashcards for kids and our financial workbooks for children, you have kids who want to teach them about wealth, uh, you can actually take a look at financialworkbooks.com. That URL is on the screen, financialworkbooks.com. Okay, so hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. So we talked about, we the goal was to talk about three things that debt-free people do that other people don't do. Number one, we talked about keeping a budget, financial consciousness. Uh, number two, avoiding lifestyle inflation, not keeping up with the Joneses. People who end up financially fit are the people who don't do what everybody else is doing. It's like if you want to be physically fit and everybody else is eating chocolate cake, you don't hang out with people that eat a lot of chocolate cake or a lot of unhealthy food. Food, or you just ignore you have to have the strength to say no i don't want the cheeseburger i want the salad right the third thing that they tend to do is they tend to think of that they they tend to do the opposite of what a lot of people do a lot of people will spend and pay their bills first and then they'll save and invest whatever is left right they'll spend first and invest later right they, they'll, they'll they'll go and pay all the bills and spend 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 and then especially if they have asset in, or excuse me lifestyle inflation where they're spending as much as they make well, then they get around to when it's time to invest and they have nothing left. They have nothing left. Right. And I get that. I understand that because it's a the world has changed. Right. Where I told you guys before, workers wages are dropping uh, and inflation is going up. So it's a tough economic world to live in. That's why, for example, early on the Black Financial Channel, I talked about the importance of finding economic teammates. That makes things a whole lot easier. So that means you have to rethink things like uh, relationships, even marriage or whatever. I'm not telling anybody to go get married. That is not what I'm seeking to do. I'm not telling anybody what to do. I'm not judging you. But I am saying that having a good teammate is really important. Uh, and if you don't get married, maybe establishing some sort of legal contract to make sure that if somebody dies that everything's still going to be good but it's up to you to decide how to do that uh, because the world has changed now here's the thing though uh, one thing that a lot of people do is 
is uh, they get all their money, they pay all their bills, and then they try to save what's left or try to invest what's left. And then they say, well, there's nothing left to invest or save. So I don't, whatever, right? I'll just figure it out later. I get that. But the problem is, and you're seeing it right now, you're seeing it right now. Baby boomers are going to have the hardest time in the world to retire. Every single study that I see says that baby boomer, boomers, when it comes to retirement, they are absolutely screwed. They are absolutely freaking screwed. They are done. They are burned. They are body slammed. Uh, they don't have, I mean, they, they'll come to me and, and I hate it. I, I love y'all. I really do. But somebody will come to me and say, I'm 60 years old. I have nothing safe for retirement. How do I get a million dollars by the time I retire? And I'm like, okay, you got to go rob a bank and make sure that you have a good gun and a good plan to get out there. Cause I, cause I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't, I don't understand that. And I'm not making fun of anybody at all, but I think you have to be creative in terms of how you think about retirement if you want to overcome that. And, uh, and so, so here, one of the things that I love to do is kind of give you guys different ways to think about stuff. That's not going to just be found in a textbook. That's why we focus solely on black wealth in the black business school, because black people have unique challenges, you know? So for example, when we talk about retirement, um, I explained just yesterday to a guy, I said, if your sons go off and start businesses, the benefit is that those sons, if they're successful, they'll be part of your retirement plan. They'll come back and they'll want to take care of daddy because daddy was there for them when they needed somebody to be there for them. And I told them about my dad. I said, yeah, when my dad needed uh, the, the, a new car, we got him a car with cash. He had no car note. When my daddy wanted the house paid off, we went, we worked together to pay the house off. When my parents needed help in any other way, we stepped up because we, our parents invested in us. So we invested in them. So I think that overall, um, what I would encourage you to do is don't go with the culture. The culture that you are uh, marketed, that you have marketed to you, the culture that is unfortunately very prevalent in the community right now, particularly through hip hop, is one of instant gratification. Instant gratification. Instant gratification is literally the exact opposite of what it takes to build wealth. Instant gratification is exactly what you do if you want to go broke. If you ever want to have a miserable life and you ever want to be financially destitute or screwed completely, then embrace the lifestyle of instant gratification because that is where you'll end up. You'll end up with all kinds of problems, all kinds of issues, all kinds of challenges, not where you want to be. Um, so with delayed gratification, though, which is the opposite of instant gratification, you can do one little thing if you want to be debt free or whatever the case may be. Um, people who tend to be debt free, they value themselves before they value their bills. Do you get what I'm saying? People that want to be debt free, they they take care of their own future before they start wasting money on things in the present. And so that means, for example, that most people will spend first and then save what's left. Debt-free people tend to save first and then spend what's left. You follow what I'm saying? Do you see that little difference? Just a simple switch of priorities. They, they don't prioritize getting all the bills paid and spending money first. They prioritize like, hey, I got to take care of me first and future me <clears throat> and my children first. Then whatever's left... <clears throat> We'll work out the rest. So ultimately, uh, it reminds me of something that I read in a book called Traction. And in this book, Traction. Sorry, guys, I think this being outside is messing with my allergy. So I'm gonna have to go in a second. In this book called Traction, one thing they talked about was an awesome analogy in terms of how you can live your life if you want to accomplish your goals. They said, if you have a glass and you fill that glass half up with sand, then it's going to take half the glass. And then imagine you put, you know, two or three rocks in that glass, right? The only space for the rocks will be whatever the sand didn't take up. What they said you should do instead is put the rocks in first and then pour the sand in and let the sand work its way around the rocks. 
That way you can get more rocks into into the glass. So they call this in business what they call it, establishing quarterly rocks, picking the things that matter to you. Everything can't matter to you. You have to have those top three to five priorities. That's how I live my life. I have a crazy life. I know a ton of people. I have a ton of stuff, a ton of people asking for my time, a ton of people asking for my money. But you know what I have? I have a list of what I call rocks, which are the five things in my life that matter to me. It might be things like my family, uh, my, my fitness, my business, talking to my team, and a couple other things. And if something doesn't fit within those five rocks, then it's not going to happen. Or if I get to it, it'll be after I handle those top three to five things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? So I think the same thing is true when you talk about establishing financial priorities. What are your rocks? What are your priorities? What is that goal that matters to you more than anything else? Put those things at the top. Value yourself. Love yourself. See, this is funny. Like so much of this stuff, when you talk about culture and competence and confidence and success, comes down to some basic ideas like self-love. Self-love. I get out here and I truly, I just want, you know, I, I have critics sometimes and I just have to say that I truly halfway don't give a shit what they think. And the reason I don't care is not because I'm perfect. I know I ain't perfect. <laughs> it's not because I'm better than anybody else. I don't think I'm better than anybody else. But you know what? I love myself. And self-love means that you love yourself no matter what other people think. What that does is that gives you the ability to walk away from the culture. So if you ever want to learn something from my so-called success, whatever this is, um, just learn the number one thing that I did was I walked away from the culture. I looked at the community and I said, this culture is not a culture that I want to be a part of. This culture is not something that I want to be um, connected to because it's going to uh, it, it's not leading to positive outcomes. I love black culture. Like I'll, I'll go to the barbecue and I, I don't mind the dancing or whatever, whatever other stuff we do. Don't get me wrong. I like the, that stuff. But that crazy stuff that was fed to you by white folks who control record labels. That's some damn nonsense. That's not even who you are. That's not who we represent. That's not what we're supposed to be. I'm not embracing that culture because that ends up leading to people being dead in jail, broke, unhappy, miserable, divorced. I don't want none of that. So uh, pick your culture pick your, and be conscious about it. Cultural consciousness, which starts with self-love, because if you love yourself, then you could be on an island by yourself and still be good. I'm OK with being on an island. Fortunately, though, there are millions of people who think the same way. There are millions of people who are not afraid to go against the grain, get put, say yes in the chat if you're in that category. Uh, you know, there are millions of people out here that are just like you. And that's why we do things like the All Black National Convention, because I said, let me go and see if we can find some people who are tired of the nonsense. Let me, let's see if we can find some people who want to build. Let's see if we can find some people that want to be educated. Let's see if we can find those people that really want to grow, people that want to have good families, people that want to make good choices, people that believe in black love, and men that love black women, black women that respect black men, just black people that want to have a stronger community who understand what's going on. And everybody else, God bless them. I ain't going to fight with them. Seriously, they, they, they have a joke where um, they said, uh, one guy said, uh, what, what's your advice? Um, and he said, uh, my, for success, he said, my advice for success is I don't argue with idiots. And the guy said, well, I disagree with you. And he said, well, you know what? You're absolutely correct, right? Like, don't argue with idiots. Uh, and, and the idiot started arguing. He said, you know what? You're right. I agree with you. Right? So don't argue with idiots. Don't argue with people who don't understand. Uh, maybe they're right. Who knows? Maybe maybe we're wrong. I don't know. I don't care. All I know is I'm not going to argue with you. We're moving forward. So go go be successful. Uh, make good choices. The answers are out there. I encourage you to have 
the cultural consciousness to do that and the bravery and the courage to do that. And I commend you if you already got that. All right. So I got to go. My uh, laptop battery's about to die. My wife's waiting here patiently. We're about to go eat dinner. And I want to say thank you for hanging out. And by the way, if you want to see our Black Business School for Children, you can go to blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. Uh, that URL is on the screen. It's blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. Uh, the guarantee we have in the Black Business School is that if your child does not have a financial literacy level that exceeds the average college-educated adult after they go through all the material, then we will give you your money back. So feel free uh, to take a look. It's blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. It's very popular. We've educated tens of thousands of children in the community. And uh, and the key thing is that the, the key, the key uh, trick is that if we get our kids studying wealth early relative to other people's kids, our kids will succeed. Our kids will win. Uh, I believe that black children should learn economics before they learn basketball, before they learn football, before they learn how to go to cheerleading practice uh, and then be as good at wealth and economics and starting businesses as we are at sports. If we do that, then we'll achieve our goal. I just went to a, a football game, Indiana University, and I saw nothing but white people going to this game. But when I got to the game on the field, everybody looked like us. And that's crazy because that's where we've typecast ourselves is we're always the athlete. We're always the employee. We're always the subordinate. Um, I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that for your kids. So uh, if you're interested in taking a look at the program, uh, there, there's a massive discount. If you go to blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com, uh, feel free to take a look. And I guarantee you that it's going to make a difference. If you don't agree, then let us know. We will give you all your money back. We do not want you to invest anything in our school unless you believe that it's truly made a difference in your life. Okay, that's our guarantee. And also, so I hope to see you guys in L.A. If you want to come around, if you want to fly in, or if you live in the area, I'll be there for two days on the 8th and the 9th. And also, uh, there's lots of free stuff on my website. Like you can get uh, profit alerts where I text you uh, stocks that I like. And also, you can get access to our $5 a day investing plan or our, my training on how to make money without working. Just go to Boyce and I hope you also follow us on Spotify. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. It was awesome to see you and uh, be one to everybody. That means black first. Let's keep it 100. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep being great. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money and the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.